Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is the new customer journey with my friend, Chris Jolly. How's it going? Hey, Joe. It's, it's going great. Thank you so much for uh, having me back on. It's always a pleasure talking with you. It is. Boy, I'll tell you, when us two blabbermouths get together, we, <laughs> we have to really force ourselves to hit record. We're talking football. We're talking <laughs> so it, it, but it is always great to talk to you, too. So, Chris, before we get started, please introduce yourself and your company. No, definitely. My name is Chris Jolly, aka The Freight Coach. I started my business last year in literally right at the beginning of the pandemic. It's Freight Coach Enterprises. My son chose the name. I I actually changed my DBA because he was like, you should say Freight Coach Enterprises. I'm like, buddy, (laughs) that is a great idea. So yeah, that's what we do. We specialize in sales and operations training within uh, freight brokerages and trucking companies. And it's not your prototypical Here's a, here's a sheet of paper. Follow this. It's no, no, we're going to break down your pitch. We're going to work one on one with your team and we're going to dissect what they need to actually change. They're going to record conversations that they're having with their prospects and their carriers. And we're going to teach them how to sell from the ground up, not the top down approach from that. Because I think that no matter what, that everybody learns differently, Joe, and I need to find what works for the individual, not for the organization, especially if you're going to work on a team because everybody retains information differently. I'm very outspoken in my approach. Not everybody is like that. You know, I need somebody to come and tell me, Hey, Chris, do this, 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 and this. Okay. Boom. Then I know how to operate. I'm not the type of person who's going to be I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. I, I like, I don't, I don't need to be coddled. Okay, but some people need a different, softer approach. Right. So there's not a one-size-fits-all to training, and that's what I do is I work with my clients and I work with those teams, and we just break it down on an individual basis. Like, yes, I, I, I meet with leadership. I know we have – we set a framework. This is what we're going to accomplish, but everybody retains differently, and I need to find what that is to maximize what we can get out of, out of our team together. Yeah. Chris, it's funny. When you said you started your business, I was like, you are the business in that in the, yeah. <laughs> you were this way doing what you do well before you started during the pandemic. This, yeah. This is part of who you are. So so before we get into the topic today, tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Just give it. I know we did this before on a podcast. So yeah. do, just give us the short version uh, about your career and where you grew up. I'm from a blue collar working class town in northern Wisconsin, town of 1800, Osceola, Wisconsin. I'm from a family of truck drivers, dad, uncles, godfather, great grandpa. Everybody's been in trucking in my life. And that's how I got involved in the industry. I have a deep love and respect for all things trucking. We're not perfect. We're far from it. But we are, in my opinion, the backbone of this nation. Without our industry, there would literally be nothing. And it's going to be really hard to convince me otherwise of that. But I'm just the type of person where I've always... I, you know, I, I appreciate the value of the hard work, you know, the work that you got to put in to build something that's been instilled in me from a very young age. And I've been personally involved in transportation for 15 years. I started out loading trucks in college, did that for four years. I was a freight broker for almost 10 years and I've been on my own now for almost two years. So I've literally just been around this my whole life. I love this industry more, more than anything. And it's just, it's a blast day in and day out because it's never the same. 
Yeah, yeah, and I say it all the time. Now, this is no no slam on anybody, but I always say uh, your essential workers don't don't go to work until my essential de- workers deliver it. Correct. <laughs> right? That's a fact. Everything we get. Yes. So, where are you located today? Phoenix, Arizona. I am well, Chandler, Arizona. Excuse me, but yeah, we're we're Phoenix suburb. It's perfect out here. This is our summer right now, Joe, in the sense that it's going to be like 85 degrees now for us. And it's not uh, the 110 that it normally is over the summer. But, you know, coming coming from northern Wisconsin, I'll take the heat over 20 <laughs> below, 30 below. Like talking to like they already got snow in my like where I'm from. Like, I know. Thank you. I don't want snow anymore. I'm soft. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say it's uh, I'm in Michigan. So we have this basically the same weather you guys have. Yeah. You know, it gets balmy in November and, uh, you know. A little too uh, hot, and, and I don't blame <laughs> you going, going to Arizona. Anyway, so let's talk a little bit about the new customer journey. Yeah. So when we were talking about potential topics, there was a, few, a, a number of things. And I want to talk about three of those things that we, we could have kept going on and on. And it, it really, the, the uh, customer journey, the journey they're taking, they're in control of this journey, completely in control. They always have been, but consumers have gotten more savvy they are also, they seem to be just almost allergic to anything that feels salesy, anything yeah. that feels inauthentic, anything that feels like manipulation. They very, very much are uh, repelling some of that. So the first thing we want to talk about is social media. And boy, that sounds like, oh, wow, great topic, Joe, social media. Yeah. But it it continues to be important, maybe more important than it was even a year ago. So f- talk about that. I think that right now more than ever, and, you know, cause like we'll kind of jump into this, Joe, on like recruiting because everybody seems to be hiring right now. Yep. And furthermore, if you can't find a job right now, you clearly haven't applied anywhere because literally everywhere is hiring. And, you know, but here's the thing is I think why people might have a hard time attracting new talent and, and ta- you know, external talent from other organizations is they don't have a footprint on social media because you got to think like, I mean, I'm not calling you out for being older than me, Joe, but like where, where you grew up in, in, yeah. your, in your career is vastly different than how I grew up, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's like, what's important to me as a 35 year old probably doesn't even trip your radar. You know what right. I mean? So it's like, I think that from a social media standpoint, the, the companies that are everywhere on social media, I don't think they're having a hard time attracting new talent. Because that's where people in my demographic and younger are. Right. They're on social media every single day, multiple. I mean, it's like two hours right. a day. They're yeah. on there. I would also say it matters what you're doing on social media. Correct. So, so if if you say, I'm going to empower everybody to communicate our, our values and our values are clear to everybody and recruiting's doing it, sales is doing it, everybody's sharing our content. And yeah. great. If it feels like it's uh, very controlled and maybe almost like an advertisement from 1980 that somehow got made into <laughs> yes. into a social media post, less so. It's it, 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 There has to be an authenticity to it. I think you, you we were talking about it. it feels like if your values aren't coming out, that that's a problem. Yeah, I would agree with that, Joe. And I just think it's it's one of those things like, especially in our industry right now, you you see the same truck picture with the same mountain backdrop, the same come work for us, you know, we'll pay you 59 cents or 60 cents a mile. Like that's all generic. You know what people really crave? And there's a couple of companies out there that do a very great job of this is it's a cell phone video and they're walking around their office and they're, and they're showing what 
it actually looks like. You know, right. they're, they're building their identity and that attracts who they want. You know, like you're setting the framework from that on who you want to come work from you. Cause like I, I know the freight brokerage floor just as well as anybody. I was on it for 10 years. I know what, you know, so it's like, I want to see what that looks like. I want to see how the setup is. I want to see how the people are, you know, and you're going to attract your, your, your following through that. You're, it, it's, it's not hard to be authentic. You right. know, that's the thing is like, and that's a big point of, oh, we well, need to it, be it's, it is hard sometimes because it is when you're hiding something. Well, I will say this. There's people who are my age in, in their fifties who, who were kind of always told you're there, you have your, your work life and your, and your personal life, and they're very divided. I think that border, that wall between your personal and, and professional life is coming down. And I think people want to see your values. They want to see how you think. And you mentioned, uh, what was it, uh, Steam Logistics? Yeah, Steam Logistics. Yeah, they're all over right now. Claim, and I had them on my podcast as well about we don't have non-competes. Right. To a seasoned sales that. rep, to a seasoned sales rep, like for somebody like myself right now, if I was to ever get back into the workforce, Joe, that's the first question I'm asking is what is your non-compete? Because you're not going to stop me from working. And I understand, like, don't get me wrong. I understand why companies have them, yep. but you need to explain to the, your, your, your prospects what it actually, what they're actually signing. Not a 75th paper in the employee handbook, just signed here thing. You can't do that. But you know, but the, the reason you know the, that name and the reason I know that name, well, I've, I've talked to them in the past, but yeah. is because they're on social media. Correct. And that's one of their things. One of their um, maybe selling points is that we don't do this and we don't believe it's the right thing. And when you see that kind of stuff. So I, by the way, I just, I just got a text just before we jump on here. I talked to Matt McClellan from Covenant. Yeah. The reason I was talking to him is because he posted something about sustainability that I liked. And then we ended up talking and I did a podcast with him. And then over the weekend, we've been exchanging Bill Maher stuff that, that he thought was related to, uh, yeah. our podcast. And I was thinking, this is, this is something that wouldn't have happened 20 years ago. This is a new way of looking at the world and sharing sharing that stuff on LinkedIn. It has to be there and it can't all be funneled through a marketing group. I, I don't think. Yeah. If it all comes through marketing, I feel like you're missing something. By the way, Ben Gordon, Cambridge Capital. Yep. Cambridge Capital. Brilliant yep. man. He was on my podcast and before we hit the record button, I asked him, I said, you do your own updates on LinkedIn, don't you? And he shares a lot of very good content. And he said, yeah, he goes, I have to. I, I tried to, I like the idea of outs. I'd like to give it to someone in s social media, but he feels that's so important that Ben, who's running a big company and advising everybody in this business, yeah. he feels like I have to take the time and do that myself. And I know somebody's going to say, yeah, but not all of us know what Ben Gordon does. Not, not everybody is the freight coach, right? So, but you have something. And I think yeah. what it kind of requires us to do is, is, is think a little bit about what is it I want to communicate. You don't have to communicate like Chris or like Ben or like anybody else. Figure out what you want to share. I think, Joe, you know, like what you brought up, you know, about how there was that personal life and work life thing and yes. how that wall starting to come down. That was one thing I told myself that I was never going to do when I started my company. I said there was never going to be a Chris, work Chris, and then a personal life Chris. You know, because at the end right. of the day, you know, and like, and, and like, like, let's be honest, we always have our trusted inner, like, I'm not going to tell everybody my deepest fears, you know, like, like, I'm not going to talk about certain things that are But we're going to talk about it today. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, well, I'm an open <laughs> book, but you know, I'm not going to divulge personal, like family stuff, you know, like there's some, there, there's that private, but that, but other than that though, 
people, and this is one of the things that I th- would say I'm most proud of over going into business for myself over the last 20 months, Joe, is the people who have met me, one of the first things that they say is, you're the same person on your videos and your podcasts as you are in person. That right. means more to me than anything because that's the message that I want to come through is I'm not going to like I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm not going to withhold. I'm not going to try and think of a way to say things that, you know, is like I'm just going to talk. I'm just going to be myself. Like I know that I'm not going to come out here and, you know, overly offend or, you know, anything like that. I'm not going to be brash or I'm just going to be Chris Jolly. I'm going to be the person that I've been since I was a child. I'm not going to try and hide anything. I'm not going to try and hide the fact that I'm a diehard Wisconsin Badgers fan and a Green Bay Packers fan. And, you know, I'm not going to hide the fact that I have struggled with alcohol in my past and I've, and I've worked really hard to overcome that. And, you know, and, and now I can control it. I've, I, you know, I'm not going to hide from the fact that I've had demons in my past. I would rather tell that, Joe, so nobody else has an idea on how to spin it and they tell it for me. Right. So this the first point we want to make is social media, it's more important than ever. And I really do think that you, you, you've touched on a number of things here, Chris, but it's it's communicating core values. It's bringing an authenticity to it and a personality to it. It's It really has to be an extension of the person. And I think yeah. this is a little bit, we have another thing we want to talk about here today, which talks about you know marketing in general. Marketing is great. And I think you've seen marketing evolve quite a bit. There's a lot of companies that get in their mind that social media is for marketing, right? Not for yeah. not for individuals. And and the problem with that is it's so controlled. It's, it's and I understand how scary it is to have a whole bunch of your employees communicating <laughs> because somebody might yeah. do the wrong thing. But at the same time, it's it's more real. It's more authentic. If if an employee says why I love working here as opposed yeah. to marketing saying it, one hundred percent. But people are going to make mistakes, Joe. That's part of it. But are you going to bring it up and, and talk to them? Or are you going to set that ground? Like, cause like you can put everything, lay it out there, you know, and, and have it, but nothing's perfect. There's going to be things that are going to go wrong in business. There's going to be right. somebody who's going to say something. If that doesn't align with who you are as a company, you need to address it right. with them and you need to, to, to work with them through that. And, but I think empowering your team. And mark my words, this is on record. Joe, I might come back to you in a couple of years and be like, hey, pull that one clip. As Freight Coach Enterprises grows, I want every single one of my team members to have their own personal identity. I want yes. them to have their own personal brand. I want to have them build a brand because I know how powerful social media is. Legitimately, 99% of my company has been built off of social media. Right. And it would, it is technically a hundred. Because the one company that replied to my email had said, yeah, I'll talk to you. I've seen you on social media. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like all of it has came from there. And it's such a powerful tool because right. as a startup company, you know, as a one person operation like I am right now, my that works for me 24-7, 365. I have posts that are two months old that people will start engaging on. You know what I mean? Like, yes. So think about that. I, at that. That increases my exposure exponentially. I can't make, I can't make a thousand or 10,000 calls in a day, right? But my posts, some of my posts get viewed 20,000 times in a 24 hour period. That'll never happen with one person. So again, it's that power. And when you empower your team to put out that message, if you're, if you're a confident leader and you know that you've hired the right people, 
you're going to want your team to right. put that out there. And and again, th- today's topic is the new customer journey. So this is about what they're seeing. So when we yes. think about the customer, they they you want you want them to see this authenticity. You want them to see your whole team out there Correct. saying the same things. And and again, I think that this is not an easy thing. The larger you get, the more there is a desire to control because there's more to lose. For sure. Somehow, some way, you just have to figure out how we use social media for recruiting, for communicating what we do, and uh, for sales. Yeah, I I think you know, working for one of the largest freight brokers in North America, I did for six years, and then I worked for a pure startup. Joe, I was employee number three. We were working off Costco folding tables in a two hundred square foot office. There's four of us in there. Guess what? No customer cared. They only cared that Chris Jolly knew what he was talking about and that Chris Jolly could execute. The logo is one thing. It only gets you so far, though. It doesn't close. It doesn't close deals. It doesn't get the ink dry on a contract. What gets the ink dry on a contract is the fact that they like me, and that's it. Yep. If they know, know, like, and trust you, it goes a long way. Correct. So the next thing I want to talk about is is the dark funnel. So yes, the the dark funnel. And I did a podcast with this, and maybe I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Did a podcast with Tom Augenthaler on the dark funnel. And when I was talking. Tom Augenthaler is like a B2B influencer marketing guy. And boy, he he knows everything about marketing. But one of the things we talked about is this dark funnel. So what we would all like, I should say not all of us, but in the sales world, what we kind of always had this this vision is that we'd have a nice sales funnel at the top with a thousand names in it. And we came across them because we bought a list and then we did some webinars and they download some white papers. And I have those emails. I'm communicating to them by phone. I'm communicating to them through email and they just kind of go through the funnel and it goes from a thousand to a hundred to 10 and I sell those 10 and their customers. That is, I call that the super highway to new sales. We would all, there's a lot of people who really want to measure a lot. They have their CRM and they have reports and they want, but the reality is, and this is from Gartner Research, 60 to 90, depending on the business, 60 to 90% of the customer journey is off the website yeah. and out of the view of the brand. So we want to see these guys. So if, if, if the sales funnel with what I just described with uh, webinars and downloads and lists that we bought, that's the expressway. The dark funnel is the guys who are off-roading next to the expressway. They might be going in the same direction. Correct. They're consuming content like social media. They're go, they're go to your website. They'll look at stuff. They yep. will also listen to podcasts. They might be researching your company in three or four just like it, but they don't want to be sold to. So they might have downloaded your white paper, but they're saying, I'm not ready to buy. I'm just ready to look. They're educating themselves and they don't feel like I want any of the manipulation. Don't try and put me in your funnel because I'm not playing. Yeah. So, yeah. so speak to that a little bit because it, it's this has changed really quickly because not so it's, long ago we thought they'll Google freight sales coach and then I'll find Chris Jolly. That's just not the way it's happening today. Correct. And again, like to kind of tie in social media to a lot of this as well, Joe, and back to the business that I've that I've really been able to build is a lot of it is I've seen your content. I want to talk to you now. Right. It's not coming from them. I, I've done all of this without a website. I don't even have a website right now. I'm building one. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm going to be building one because I understand the power of SEO and I right. just threw my pen, but, and, and get, <laughs> like getting stuff out there. But like you're talking about that 60 to 90% of the people are going to, like they're watching from afar, you know? And again, when you're in building a brand and you're out there on social media and you're, you're, you're putting the content that you want out there, eventually they're going to reach out, you know? And that's the thing is that's a sales rep's 
you know, that's a sales rep's fantasy is in incoming leads, people reaching right. out to you. Hey, I want to buy from you. You know what I mean? But right. that won't happen unless you're putting content out there and giving them a reason to want to reach out to you. You know, they don't just reach because this is a sales rep's fatal error is they think everybody should buy from them. That's not the case. I know I've matured enough in my career, Joe, to know that I'm not for everybody and everybody's not for me and that's fine. But I need to find the people who are for me. Right. Right. And, and, and I think it also, that what's the scary part of all this is we've all heard of, by the way, I always hear it when I'm talking to people, they say, we want just more marketing qualified leads. So that's kind of looking at the marketing group as yeah. your job is to do white papers, do webinars, do all the stuff that gives you, you, so I can give you Chris Jolly, here's his email, here's his phone number, here's his company, go sell him. Yeah. And that, that it has the view that really, Almost like sales is a production line. Marketing brings in this lead at the top of the, and I send it down the, down the conveyor belt to sales and they ping Chris five or six times and then Chris buys or we put him on the back burner. But I think what we're finding is people are becoming very savvy, very sophisticated buyers and saying, I'm going to pick and choose. This is a la carte for me. I'm going to consume a little bit of this, a little bit of this. I'm educating myself on how I should buy. Correct. So they, so if you don't have anything out there, they don't find it. And and what you do with your podcast and what I do with my podcast and what a lot of you're kind of shouting out into a dark forest knowing they're out there, right? Yeah. We know you're out there and I'm just communicating to you, hoping that you come in from and say, Hey, I want to buy. Yeah. And it's it's a little scary, but we know that's how they're buying now. That's why they call it the dark funnel, because no, you exactly. can't see them. <laughs> and, and that's exactly where we are today as a society. It's not 20, 10, hell, even five years ago, Joe. Marketing is constantly evolving, you know? And if you're out there and, and if you're still marketing in the same way that you were 10 years ago, I'm sorry, you are an afterthought to most people. Because again, you need to think of how, like, what is important to, to, to the evolving demographic? You know, like, if I'm a freight broker right now, and I'm looking at my workforce and I want to, you know, cause like hiring again, hiring is a big issue for a lot of people. It's of back course. to the whole what's important to that demographic, just like your customer. Again, I want customers that want to work with me because they, they want to work with me, not because they feel like I sold to them. I want them to see the value in what I'm providing to them. I want them to be able to research me without talking to me. You know, and that might sound counterintuitive to people, but I want my work that I've already put out there to speak for itself. I want them to see enough value in what I've said so far to where they're like, you know what? I want to talk to Chris Jolly. I want right, to find out right. more, you know? And it's just like, you know, building my company up, Joe, I'm like, I'm learning all like entrepreneurship is, is it, there's no bullet point, follow these steps to do it. You have to go through it. So it's like financing is a big thing. You know, how do I find, you know, it's like, I don't come from a silver spoon. I'm financing everything bootstrapped. So it's like recently I had to just separate my business in from, you know, from an LLC into an S corp LLC where I'm going to pay myself a salary. And then I have to separate my expenses. Now I put everything on my personal credit card. Now it's like, boom, business financing, business credit. That's a whole new ball game. And what did I do? I watched YouTube, Joe. I watched YouTube and I did my own research to find the right company that I wanted to 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 go down this journey with. And again, right. you don't find that unless you have content out there. Like, yes, I struck gold with my CPA. 
my CPA didn't even have content, but he reached out to me because he was like, Hey, we're both in Phoenix. I saw one of your videos. I just want to talk to you, you know, right. boom. So I set up a call and I talked to him and that guy has been a lifesaver for me. And again, it's all through content. And it is that dark funnel that you're talking about is people are watching from afar. Yeah. I think it's so, so difficult from a, a if you're in marketing or a sales organization and you go to the boss and say, uh, yeah, by the way, I can't measure this, but I want to spend this money. I, I, I know I, I need to create this content, whether it's an article or a webinar or a podcast or, or whatever you should be doing. And it's hard to say, I, I don't have, I can't measure it easily because everybody loves the idea of saying marketing generated leads, MGL, yeah, give me my MGL. And by the way, from a sales perspective, I used to say this, I looked at marketing as purely lead generation. Yep. But the problem is with the dark funnel, these companies, people are savvy, they're sophisticated. They don't want to end up in your funnel. They want to end up in their dark funnel. They want to consume your content, educate themselves. By the way, they're also consuming your competitors' yeah. information. So you, you got to have something that you communicate that, that's of value. And then they're going to show up 80% sold saying, hey, Chris, I heard you on Joe's podcast I like how I like you. I'm interested. That is the way sales are happening. And it's it's funny because I do get those phone calls every once in a while. People will go, hey, I, I heard that guy on your podcast. Can you connect me with? Yeah. Him? And boy, Chris, you have a podcast. I, I would love to tell people, yeah, that happens every single time. And it's guaranteed. I God, that would be nice. I can't yeah, guarantee right. <laughs> anything. All I can say is, well, a lot of people listen to the podcast. So, but this is just, again, they're self-directing a la carte customers. This is, this is today's customer journey. First off, we talked about social media. You got to yeah. use that. But, but the dark funnel, we have these very savvy, very d- people who are deliberately avoiding getting into your sales funnel. They still might be interested, yeah. but they aren't necessarily going to get on the expressway. They're going to go off-roading next to the expressway. They're still heading to your brand, but you can't see them and you can't touch them. That's the problem. They're like the, they're like the wild things out there. Yes. <laughs> They're educating themselves. So the new customer journey, we talked first about social media and the importance of that. Then we talked about the dark funnel. The last, the last topic we wanted to talk about is I saw a quote, I think it's Neil Patel, great marketer and a software guy. And he said, if your marketing feels like marketing, you're doing it wrong. So yeah. speak to that. I think though, it, you know, and to kind of put the sales thing in there, if you feel like you're getting sold to, you're not going to buy, you know, like you, you got to create like, Again, with marketing to me, it's just like this. Like one of the, you know, I, I listen to podcasts all the time and, and you know, Andy Fursella, I'm a big fan of his and the Real AF podcast. And he put it out there, you know, because th- this is what resonated to me. 50% of the people don't like you. 50% of the people do like you. Cater to the 50%. And when you have your message and you know what you're doing, market to who your, your, your following is. You know, put the message out there. All right, boom, this is my demographic. This is my target market. What's important to them? What's important to my client? Like as a freight broker here, you know, what's important to my customers? Communication and communication. Like if you're out there and, and, you know, because like we're all fighting for the same trucks, we're all fighting for the same customers. You're not going to convince me any differently of that. So it's like when people feel like they're getting sold to and when people feel like, oh, marketing, I'm getting marketed to, like that turns people off. Right. You know, I don't want, I will never buy from something that I feel like I'm getting sold to. And I'm a sucker, Joe. I'm a sucker for sales reps. I like if, cause like 
I respect the hustle, you know, like I know how hard it is to win something, but it's same thing from a, from a marketing perspective is if it's coming from an, just a, this is clearly manufactured. This has nothing to do right. with anything. That's not going to work. Right. And, and this, this kind of speaks to the same thing in the, this, the social media. If it doesn't feel authentic, if it feels like um, I'm being manipulated anyway, if it feels like I'm not being respected as a savvy sophisticated buyer and and I mean, by the way you've probably heard this from a door-to-door salesperson at one point i remember people used to come door to door and they knock and they would always say they'd be talking about whatever they're talking about and then they'd say joe can you see how this would value be a value yeah. to you and your family and you go oh come on <laughs> like stop yeah. like i mean you just want to shut the door in their face and go get out of here right but there's certain things when you when you feel like you're being talked to in a way that feels at all salesy, at all manipulative, we have such allergic reaction to that. Consumers are extremely savvy. So, you know, we all see commercials. And, and by the yeah. way, when you, people hear you on my podcast or you on your podcast, they know, hey, Chris is doing this partly or completely for business. But here's the thing. If you pick a niche and you're just adding value and asking good questions and recognizing, hey guys, this might not even be a good fit. I'm just trying to understand whether yeah. this is worth a conversation or not. If, if if you don't think it is, then let's not have it. I think it is at least initially, right? Yeah, I agree. So there's, <laughs> the marketing has to be really nuanced. And again, anything that comes across as false or fake or inauthentic, it just, it's noticeable. And I agree with that, Joe. And I think it, it's just back to the, it's everybody tries to be perfect. You know, like they try, and like this goes back to being, you know, that, that, <laughs> oh, I got work, Chris, and I got personal life, Chris. People try and carve out this, this facade of perfection that doesn't exist. All right. I have more faults than I can even, I mean, we'll ask my wife. She'll tell you all my faults. But, you know, I, I, but I am who I am, you know, and at the end of the day, you're going to like me or you're not going to like me. And that's just the reality of life. People are going to do business with you or they're not going to do business with you. And, if they think that anything is coming across, like it's almost like it's you got to trigger that emotion, you know. Like Coke, I don't drink soda, but I love some of the soda commercials that I see. Right. Like, it, but it, but it brings me back to when I was a little kid, and I'm like, you know what? I used to love Mountain Dew. I want to drink Mountain, but but then again, I'm like, no, Chris, you're older. That sugar will kill you and <laughs> <laughs> stuff right, like right. that. But I also think that if you're putting out a message that truly aligns with who you are as a company. If you're putting out your in your marketing to your your individual that is going to buy from you, they're going to buy from you because of what you stand for as a company. You know, right. like I overpay for certain things in my life because I value what that company stands for and it aligns with my values, you know? I think also if you if you go in the, into the sales or in the marketing conversation with the idea that I just want to add value, I want to see if I can solve a problem. And I think that requires you to really pick a niche. I, that comes up constantly yep. in my podcast. If I can ask you questions and and you go, oh, boy, I, I like where this guy's going. That really matters. There's a there's also a charisma, uh, an authenticity that you have to come out. And I will say this. You talk to a lot of young people, and so do I, who are new to the sales world. And I always think these guys, if you went to the bar and were talking to them about the, the basketball yeah. game or time, would you do this last weekend? They're animated. They're interesting. They're yeah. pumped up. There's an energy to them. And then you say, I want you to make some phone calls. And all of a sudden it becomes clam up. Hi, my name's Tom and I'm from blah, blah, blah. And, and because they're, 
they don't feel comfortable yet. They're not, they're not feeling comfortable in their own skin. They can't bring out their authentic self yet. Yeah. That's what you got to get to. And I know I had this conversation with you before. I always think what makes a podcast suck, and trust me, I've done some sucky ones, yeah, is, <laughs> is if they're boring, right? So sometimes boring is just, hey, could you liven it up? Wake up, have, a, have some caffeine. Absolutely. Boring, salesy. If somebody comes in and they're real salesy, that makes it people, people, again, they're allergic to it. They hear it and they're out. Man, yeah. they just, I heard that guy being super salesy, I'm out. Um, and the last thing is, and it's kind of related to being salesy or, or boring, is tech. If I start talking too much about tech and, and people go, oh, went over my head, I don't care anymore, stop talking, techno wizard, <laughs> right? I agree. You know, that's the thing is it's like with I and like in the audience that I've built up and the clients that I've built up, you know, from a, you know, I, I like, I don't like to call myself as like the freight coach is the brand. All right. I'm not coaching you on sales and operations. I am training. It is consulting. I am looking at your current process and dissecting what needs to be changed. And that is because I have ran multiple offices in the freight brokers world that have generated 20, 30, $40 million a year in revenue. Okay. I know how to operate an efficient op, like as a freight broker in my heyday, I was moving probably 12 to 1500 loads a month on a team of four. Okay. How did we do that? We had a rock solid operational process. Okay. So that is my philosophy as a sale. When I'm going in there as a sales trainer, all right, you don't need more sales as an organization. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, Joe. And hear me out. You cannot, if you can't move 500 loads right now, how does moving, how is hiring another sales rep and adding 500 more to the mix going to help you? It's going to hurt you. So that's why I am one of those individuals. We're going to come in. We're going to carry, we're going to work with your carrier sales team and your operations team because you need a rock solid operations team before you can add sales reps. You know, and I understand this. I was that chicken or the egg mentality, but that's what I market. That's what I put out there. That's what I tell all of my prospects who are on the phone is yes. we need to fix your operations before we can add sales. Because you can have a thousand loads on your board right now, but if you can't move one of them, you're dead in the water. And that's that message that comes through. That's what comes through when I'm putting out my marketing, which is those daily videos on LinkedIn and social media. It's the podcast and everything else. But I also know that there are people out there, and Joe, you've been in this industry for a long time. You know that a lot of people think that sales is the fix, the end all be all. We just need to add sales reps. that's That's not my target market though. If you think that hiring five sales reps is your thing, boom, I know a lot of recruiters. I'm going to put you in touch with some recruiters and they can help you out that way. That's not going to work for me. And that pains me as a business owner. I I can't turn, like I'm not in a position where I can like turn away revenue or anything like that. But if we don't align, we're not going to work together. And I want you to find that consultant that is going to fit for you at the end of the day. Because again, I know that I'm not going to be for everybody, but I also know what it takes to move 1,500 to 2,000 loads a month with four people because I lived it for a long time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, and again, this this speaks to what you just said there. I guess somebody can say, oh, that's marketing. Yeah, but if it feels too much like marketing, if it feels like it's not coming from the heart, if it feels like, again, anything fake, anything false, inauthentic, people kind of are really sensitive to it. Again, this is my... it's a gross analogy, but I'll say it again. My friend Steve Velwell always uses this term, how much turd has to be in the punch bowl before you don't want any of it? And that's kind of <laughs> how it is with sales stuff, right? So if I said, hey, I've got this really good punch 
go ahead and have a glass. And I go, by the way, there's, I'm going to put a little marketing in there, a little bit of salesy talk and, and how much has to go in? How much turd in the punch bowl? Look, just the fact that you mentioned there's turd in there. Yeah. I'm out. And I think that's kind of what we all have to recognize is that we have to engage with the market in a way that feels like, let's see if there's a fit. Let's see if I can't educate you. Let's see if, see if I can't add value without, again, without being overly. Or I, what I love is when somebody says to me, there's a guy, Chris Brogan says this. You'll be reading an article and then it just all of a sudden transitions and it says something like, okay, here's where I get salesy, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and it, and it's kind of a recognition that we're all sensitive to it. And he's respecting us as savvy, educated readers. And then he sells and you go, that's cool. I like it. I, so a lot of times on my podcast and we'll do it and we'll switch gears here in just a sec. I say, let's introduce you because I want them to know, like, and trust you. Secondly, I always say on my podcast, Let's add value. Let's, let's, let's share some things that we know or you know and just add value. And then last but not least, plug, plug, plug. Go ahead and sell, sell because they stay to the end. Maybe they want to know. But with say, having said that, I'm going to summarize this. I want to get your final thoughts and then we'll plug, plug, plug Chris Jolly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so today we're talking about the new customer journey with Chris Jolly, the freight coach. So first off, we talked about the, the continued importance of social media. Whether you're recruiting, Chris pointed out this is important with recruiting, whether it's communicating your core values, whatever you're doing, promoting your webinar, promoting your podcast, sharing an article, whatever you're doing, just could be great status updates. There's guys, Andrew Kelly, Ben Gordon, Rick Watson, you, there's a lot of people who just put really good content out there. It could just be 10 bullet points that you go, man, it made me think. I have people on my podcast because I find them on LinkedIn and it says uh, they, they've shared something great. And I think I get all these emails from people saying, I want to be on your podcast. But I'm asking people to be on my podcast because of what they wrote on LinkedIn. Yeah. So social media. Second is the dark funnel. And that really speaks to these, these people are not, they're, they're, off, they're off our websites and they're consuming content. And they're, they're kind of on this customer journey that is self self-educating yeah and we can't the brands can't see them and it's it's painful we want them in our funnel but they aren't they're in the dark funnel last but not least if your marketing feels like marketing you're doing it wrong yeah so final thoughts from the freight coach i think that where we are right now where we're becoming more and more yes i am a massive proponent of social media I'm a massive proponent of doing an organic outreach and building organically, but people are still going to buy from you because they like you. And that's it. They, they'll never going to come to you because they want to be sold. I have actually, uh, Joe, I, I've had more success not brokering freight than I ever did brokering freight. The amount of shippers that reach out to me based off of the content right. that I have, and I will never out any of them. I will never put any of this information out there, but a lot of what I say is what they're looking for. Okay. Because it's, it's when I say certain situations, you know, putting a video out there like, Hey, it's, it's Thanksgiving week. I don't know when this is going to air, Joe, but it's Thanksgiving week right now. And I put out there this morning. It is not your customer's fault that you misquoted a load. It is not their fault. All right. So get ahead of it. Get, get early. Accept that loss if you need to and move on with your week because you can't give it back to them because there's going to be a broker like me out there who's going to eat that loss right now. If I misquoted it. And then I'm going to be in their good graces. They're going to remember, they're not going to have that negative connotation that Chris Jolly gave me, gave that freight back. And a lot of those core principles that I talk about in my content is what shippers are looking for. And I learned that the hard way. 
All right. I, I was not good at, at freight brokering for a, a long time in my career. I learned a lot of what not to do. All right. And I'm never going to say here. That's why I don't have a here. Follow these seven steps to success. I have a PhD in what not to do in freight brokerage because I've tried it all <laughs> and it's all blown up in my face. What comes out there through social media and what you can do that brand is as a startup or any organization out there, it's working for you 24 seven. If you're having trouble hiring people right now, think of how much more your, your company would be working. If you had a social media presence and you don't have to go out there and blow up a massive budget. I have created all of this. Everything that I built for my company, content, everything for less than $1,500. That's where I got started. I've upgraded since then because I've worked for it and had the opportunity to upgrade. But when I first started, I bought a laptop and I bought a podcast starter kit off of Amazon. It was less than $1,500 and I started, all right? There's no high production value. There's still no high production value behind it, but people don't, people crave reality. Yeah. Sometimes when you have something overly produced, they go, Oh, these guys are too slick. They, these guys are again, if the message is so polished that you go, yeah, this, this has been iterated 30, 30 Correct. times. I don't feel good about it. Too slick. I agree. So let's talk a little bit about what you do over at the freight coach. So what, who do you serve? What's your sweet spot? My, my sweet spot is uh, freight brokerages and trucking companies. And a lot of it is it's hands-on sales training and operations training. And it's really dissecting the why of what's going wrong. You know, it's really finding out that because there's that core thing that's really holding a lot of organizations back. And it sometimes it, it, it takes an outside perspective to come in and kind of see it, you know, right. and you, we got to find the like, what is going to work for your team? You know, like what every individual retains information differently. Everybody operates differently. Not everybody is boisterous, a type A personality. I know a lot of type B personalities that are phenomenal at their job. They just need a different way of thinking about it. They need to be able to operate in their comfort zone. And I, and, and that's what a lot of what I do. I've, I've also worked with uh, some tech companies as well. I, I'm that. Uh, that firsthand industry experience. I'm their case study essentially where right. they have a great product out there, but they, they just need that firsthand industry knowledge because not everybody's been a freight broker before. And if you're coming in and you have a product that is marketed towards the freight brokers, like what's going to work for them? So again, that's where I come in and I work with them and I'm like, all right, this is what I would look for. This is what the market is. This is what, you know, because that's the beauty of where we are as an industry right now is there's a lot of great tech that's coming in from people that have never brokered a load before, but they right. understand a lot about it. So that, that's where I work with them and kind of come in from them. Yep. So Chris, thank you so much. What I'd like to yeah. do is I'll put a link to, if you give me a link to your podcast, I will put a link to Chris Jolly. Again, if you don't follow Chris Jolly, <coughs> excuse me, if you don't follow Chris Jolly on LinkedIn and you're interested in sales and you're interested in this business, he's a great guy to follow. He's one of the best followers on LinkedIn always sharing content, I think every single day. So you want to follow Chris and what I'll do is I'll put a link to any link you give me, including you mentioned a, another podcast that you like. What was that? The Real AF podcast with uh, Andy Frisella. He's very raw and he's a person who's built numerous companies from nothing. He's, he, you know, self Send me that link and I'll put it in yeah. the show notes. No, ch check it out for sure. And he, he's a lot on current events right now that are out there and everything. But again, I think most people align with people who share the same core values. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm about to me, to Joe, I just don't feel the need to hide anything. Like right. I don't feel the need to do any, like, it's so hard to walk back some of those things. And, you know, I'm all about reality. The world yeah. works in a very real way. There is no false sense of security that's out there. There's no, you know, either you're doing it 
or you're not doing it. Like I'm from the belief system, Joe, that you're either getting better or you're getting worse every single day, right. you know? And I think that for me, content is always going to be king. And the more content you put out there, the better off you're going to be. If you don't have this thing, Joe, I would re- look out to this company. It's called Linktree and it puts all of your social media stuff in one place. So I'll share you that link and it's going to go to all of my social media pages. It's going to go to my podcast page on uh, iTunes. And yeah, Spotify that's a cool well. tool. I'm not using it now, but I've always said it's always on a list of somewhere on my desk saying sign up, but do it. It's cheap. It was like 60 bucks for the year. Yeah. You, you also mentioned something I thought was interesting. So you say the, the real, the real AF with what's his name? Andy Frisella. Yeah. And, and what's interesting about this is this speaks a little bit to the authenticity and the, and the walls between personal and private or personal and professional coming down in that 10 years ago, somebody say, oh, no, you can't have AF in that title because that represents profanity. And Gary V, who we talked about offline, yeah. you look and go, yeah, he uses a lot of profanity. And by the way, he's also there in a hoodie or and you're Correct. wearing back, backwards cap. These things would have been. So taboo, not so long ago. Tattoos yeah. were when I started working, people hid their tattoos, and so I think really do think. And by the way, maybe over the last year or two with COVID, with the Zoom, when you say, "Yeah, I saw that guy. Uh, he was in his pajamas in a Zoom call," <laughs> or or his uh, kids wailing in the background. Yeah, we we are starting to recognize the importance maybe of showing our authentic self, not completely. You know, we don't want to bring, don't bring your dirty laundry to work, but I think that we're just more real, more authentic. Yeah. And and I think that's a great thing because we all want to work with people we like. None of us want to be sold, but we all want to buy. Correct. <laughs> so great stuff, my friend. Always great to have you on my podcast. I appreciate it as always, Joe. Thank you so much. Yep. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support is very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversation with experts in the logistics field. For more details, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com or follow Joe Lynch on LinkedIn.